uh, we made our youth ministry come and hear me preach today, and uh, they're here supporting. They got Kool-Aid and cookies, so I hope you guys save me some for after. Uh, but uh, we have a big announcement. Uh, we've been meeting outside since we launched our youth ministry. Like, seriously, backyards, out, our youth services have been outside. Our youth camp was outside. We even went to a youth event that was supposed to be inside. That got canceled, and guess where it got moved to? outside, but we have our first ever for the youth service right here in this building on September 15th. And uh, if you guys, yeah, if you guys can be praying for us, uh, we are excited to finally launch our youth ministry officially, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you have a teenager, junior high or high school student, or hey, maybe you want to help jump in, lead, and uh, love and serve this generation, um, it's a lot of work and a lot of fun and a lot of blessing. September 15th, we launch officially. All right? Well, today we're kicking into week five of our Fruit of the Spirit series, and we are doing, um, each week we're going through and, and doing a different piece of the fruit. And uh, I want to start off just opening up the word today in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, when I read the fruit of the Spirit, all of these sound easy except for like one, okay? Love, done. I love my family. I love my dog. I love my church. I love our youth ministry. I love food. I love fantasy football. I love these things. Love is easy, okay? Uh, joy. I like joyful moments, joyful times. The staff, uh, we were just in Chelan this weekend um, praying and planning for the fall and for the things to come for Church for All. We had joyful times. We ate food together. Uh, I had a dairy-free milkshake that didn't taste dairy-free. Now, lactose people in the building said amen. And wow, we all should not ever do dairy in the lobby then. Um, we all, we went inner tubing. I might have tore something in my shoulder, but it was a joyful time. I like joyful experiences. Uh, peace, yeah, peace, right? Like I like peace. I like things calm. I don't like conflict. I don't like arguing because if I do argue, I said last time I preached, I'm zero or a hundred. It just gets ugly, okay? Uh, another one, kindness, yeah, I like being kind, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Yes, to all those things. Those seem pretty doable. Self-control, still working on, okay? Uh, you ever go to like a fast food restaurant, like I'm getting one thing, and then you're like, oh, they got the five for five combo. I'll get all five, okay? Self, self-control, I'm working on. But the one that I look at is the one that I think is the hardest, and it's patience. Anybody in here an impatient person? I struggle with patience, okay? Uh, I, sh- I struggle with dealing with patience. We work with people. I work with the youth. I work with teenagers. Patience is, is something that's required and something that God is constantly working on in my life. I am not a patient person. But you know what's worse than being impatient is being with someone who's impatient, okay? So <laughs> I saw some, some married couples go like this. My father is the most impatient man I've ever met in my life. He does two things that shows us he's impatient. The first one is this. I'm like, okay, this is Smokey the Bear, chill out. Like, we're hurrying up. Uh, another thing he does, he's got a long goatee, and he starts at his hairline, which is back here now, but he starts at his hairline, and he goes, Sigh. 
I'm like, can we pray for this man? He is so impatient. And me and my mom, we like to be late. Like those people who are like, gosh, oh, they're always late. We like to be late. We want to be fashionably late. We want to show up when the party's already started. There's nothing worse than getting there early and you got to wait for it to start. We like to be late. Anybody else? Okay. You're going to hate this message. If you don't know by now, I'm preaching about patience. And I got to tell you, the last couple sermons that I've preached, uh, the Lord has found ways to test me and bless me in those topics. For instance, two sermons ago, I preached about being a church for the inconveniences, okay? And it was like the week leading up to and the week of, I was being inconvenienced. I was getting DMs and text messages from people in our church saying, Pastor DJ, thank you for your word. I've been inconvenienced all week. Like the Lord just found a way to bless me or test me in that topic. Uh, the second, the last sermon I preached was a sermon titled, That's Not My Daddy, and just being a representation of Jesus and a reflection of people in pain. And I felt like I was tested and blessed the week leading up and the week after. And now I'm preaching about patience. And can I tell you, you your patience hasn't been tested until you go to a junior high camp. Okay, uh, we went to camp uh, last week. We had a junior high camp, then high school camp. Uh, it was a ton of fun, uh, but my patience was tested. See, junior hires, um, I don't know if like they're allergic to deodorant or showering or soap or sleep, but they got none of those at camp. And uh, one kid uh, thought it'd be a really good idea to take bug spray in both hands and just car wash people for fun. Okay, patience was tested. High school's a different beast. They all just got attitude. They're like, I'm not doing that. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like, you just got attitude. Patience was tested. Uh, another way my patience was tested was last Sunday. Uh, I got up, I showered, I got ready. I was ready to go to church, see my church for all family. I put everything in this cardboard box that I was going to bring to church that day. And I walk out to my parking lot, or to my driveway, and my car, my Subaru, her name's Subrina, uh, had been stolen from my driveway. And so I'm like, okay, cool, I'll call the cops. And they're like, yep, Mr. Mayor, don't worry, you just gotta wait till we find it. Okay, cool, hey Geico, hey, 30 seconds or less, felt like 30 minutes or more. He said, yep, you're good, we just gotta wait for the cops to find your car. And if they don't, we wait 21 days and then we'll do something. Do you have gap insurance? Yes. Call gap insurance. Okay. Call gap insurance. Yep. It'll take about one or two months after we get confirmation from your, from Geico. And then Geico will need confirmation from the police. And the police will just let you know what's happening next. So you're telling me I need to wait to get Sabrina my car back. Frustrating. Okay. So I've made a declaration. Next time I preach, if the Lord wants to test and bless, next time I preach, I'm going to preach about losing weight and getting a million dollars overnight. Come on, somebody, come on, I need that sermon. God, if you want to test and bless me, come on. Like, oh, that's what I'm preaching about next. I'm saying it now. You can start testing me now, God. Church, will you pray with me, Heavenly Father? I pray over the next couple moments. I pray that yeah, you speak through me. Uh, God, for, uh, for those of us who are in the waiting, in a waiting season, uh, for those who are, are waiting for answers, clarity, things in our life, I pray um, that you bless them, speak to them today. God, open our hearts, repair ourselves, and God, pray for the Seahawks. What happened last night? In your name, amen. Uh, when we plan the series together, uh, we, we go through and try to figure out who's going to preach what. And there's nine parts to the fruit of the Spirit. So Pastor Matt got the easy ones. 
And then Pastor Bill got the leftover easy ones. And then Alicia got like a really good topic she preached uh, a couple weeks ago. And so it left me and Pastor Charlie with the scraps, the hard ones. And so Pastor Charlie and I were texting. I said, well, which one do you want to preach about? He's like, I don't care. Which one do you want to preach about? I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, let's just start our own series, like, because this is not fair. And he was like, well, you could just preach about whatever you want. And now I'm not a decision maker. I'm the dreamer, okay? I'll come to you with 10 ideas. I need you to choose one. And so I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting impatient. And I'm telling my wife, like, oh, I, I just don't want to preach about. She goes, maybe you should preach about patience. It's funny how the Holy Spirit be working through your spouse. Like, well, maybe you need to preach about patience. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, I text Charlie, Pastor Charlie, I said, hey, I'll preach about patience. I want him to preach about gentleness because he's an MMA fighter. It'd just be kind of funny like, to see where he takes that, right? And so, um, you know, I, I remember just praying, like, God, what am I going to preach about? And I, I just thought to myself, you know what? I'm not preaching patience. Not to the Veruca generation, Okay, you're like, well, what's a Veruca generation? Have you ever seen Willy Wonka? <laughs> this girl, you ever go in public and you're like, they need a whooping. <laughs> Everyone's done it. You're like, their parents don't spank. <laughs> Veruca in the first Willy Wonka, I haven't seen the newest one because I heard it's creepy. Uh, but Veruca in this one, uh, this girl has a whole song about wanting it now. She's a brat. She throws a fit. Her dad's trying to buy this, this, these geese that give golden eggs, and she's throwing a fit and making a mess, and the Oompa Loompas are freaking out because she wants it, and she wants it now. And some of you are like, that's not me. Okay, well, what about Instacart? I want my groceries. I don't want to go shop. I don't want to deal with people, but I want them now. What about Instagram. We don't want to take pictures and go get them developed and look at them and put them in a book. We want to share that we're in the, on the beach in Miami, and we want to do it now. What about your Wi-Fi speed? How many of you guys ever paid for an upgrade in your Wi-Fi speed? I don't want to wait for this. I want it now. Your cellular speed. What about Uber? I don't want to go try to fetch a, a taxi. I, I want it, and I want it now. We want it now. We want it now. We are the Veruca generation of the world. We want things, and we don't want to wait. Jeremiah 29 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you. And you're like, okay, God will let me know now. I don't want to wait. Give me the details now. And, and I hope today that the message uh, teaches us about patience and about waiting for the good things that God has for us. Amen. Some of us are waiting for things like results from the doctor. Some of us are raising for, waiting for a raise or clarity. Some of us are waiting for a boo a husband, a boyfriend, a wife, a girlfriend, a spouse. Some of us are waiting for change in our world and in our workplace and in our houses. Some of us are waiting for God to move that family member. Some of us are waiting for healing, for forgiveness. Waiting is inevitable about life, and we all hate it. I got four observations when it comes to waiting and patience. The first one is this. Good things we can get now, but God things take time. See, we can go and find something to, to heal our pain, whether it's emotionally or physically now, but God things will take time. See, we can get things now, but it'll be temporary, but God things will last a lifetime. See, some of us in dating, we can get some good things now, but God things take time. And I believe that some of us settle for less, and we don't really get what God has truly intended for us to get. 
Second one, if we don't wait, we end up with things we didn't really want. You ever go shopping? And like, uh, my first job was McDonald's. I didn't make much money. And like, I remember going shopping and I wanted the new Jordans. I wanted the fresh kicks, right? And I get there, I didn't have enough. And so what would end up happening was I would have to wait another two weeks for my next paycheck. And by the time I got to that, I didn't want it. Like the waiting process brought clarity that I should not buy these $200 shoes. Some of us, if we don't wait, we end up with things we didn't really want. Here's another one. Uh, We tend to settle for less to avoid waiting. One time my wife and I, uh, we went to a nice restaurant and uh, we get there and they're like, yeah, 45 minute wait. Now my wife's half Cuban, half Mexican. When she's hangry, it's not safe, okay? And so we decide, it's so much funner when she's not in here to say that and she's back there, she's like, right? And so instead of waiting 45 minutes for the restaurant that we wanted to go to, we settled with some like hole in the wall taco spot that gave us food poisoning because we weren't willing to wait. We paid the price later. Some of us will settle for less to avoid waiting. Last one is this. We learn God's patience in the testing of our own. We learn God's patience and the testing of our own. I told you that my patience was tested at a junior high camp. Uh, we went and floated the river. Now, this wasn't like we buy them like cheap floaties and say, good luck. We'll hopefully see it the other side. It was through a company. It was insured. Like it was the whole thing. It was so much fun. And they tell you two things at the beginning. Stay in your tube and stay left. They were even asking the kids, where do you go when you want to go right? And the kids were like, Left. What happens if you start veering right? Go left. When in doubt, where do you go? Left. Like everyone got it. They put you in your tube. They put a life jacket on you and they give you Frisbees. And all you have to do is what? Go left. I don't know if some kids just weren't listening or if like English stopped working for five minutes. But can I tell you, my patience was tested. Night one of camp, we left half of the supplies that we paid for here at Black Diamond. We had to go to the gas station to get the right seasonings for our carne asada. The first night was chaos. There was kids doing bug spray, farting, laughing, BO, all nice, all the things. And when I was a student, uh, we got paid for for camp, and so we didn't have the rights to a bed. Made me mad. And so I promised myself if I was ever a youth pastor... I would, let, I would make sure every kid has a bed before me. It's just how I am. And so I go and decide to sleep in my car, which I no longer have, which I'm glad we had those memories, right? And, oh, funny. No, I'm just kidding. And so I sleep in my car. I'm all crammed in there. I wake up the next morning. I'm cranky. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I had gas station seasoned carne asada. Like, like things are not going as planned, right? And I remember, oh, we're floating the river today get to go. I get to relax. I get to float in the river, get a nice tan because I have a bad farmer's tan. Things are looking promising. And so I, I wave all the junior hires off, all of our leaders. I'm like, bye guys, have fun. I'm like purposely trying to go last. So I finally get in the flow. I got my sunflower seeds and I just kick back. And two minutes into the ride, I hear a familiar voice from my niece. DJ, DJ. I'm like, what, what, what? I look back and I see her in the river and her float is going past me with her paddles and her life jacket. I said, good luck. 
Jesus pulled Peter out of the water. Just kidding. I hopped out, got all my clothes wet, went and saved her inner tube. Then I had to go save her. She comes floating up, and um, there was someone on their, like, paddleboard rowing, and she was on the front smiling like, hey. And I'm like, get your life jacket on, stay in the tube, and stay left. She's like, okay. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll dry off. It's hot out here. For, like, the next 10 minutes, kids are like, DJ, DJ. And I'm like, I'm not the rock from Baywatch. I'm just the rock. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not over here. I don't want to save you. And so, finally, there was one student who uh, we had a great experience together. Uh, I think he heard right in the instructions. Um, The Frisbees we got, I think he was like, catch, I don't know. But it was like everything in his float was in the water, including him. And at one point, the, the river splits like this, right? And at one point, we're sitting there, and I'm like, dude, come to me. He was like, I can't. I'm like, trust me. Like, it was like a whole action movie. I'm like, trust me. <laughs> so we finally get together. I'm like, don't worry. I took off my bandana. I tied us together, and we floated the rest of the river together, right? And I just remember, like, we're sitting there, and, like, I just like hanging out with kids. Like, that's when they start talking is when there's no agenda, and I'm like, hey, man, like, what do you think I should preach about tonight? I like to ask the kids. I know what they want to hear. He's like, you should preach about, like, being on a journey and, like, not knowing where God is. I'm like, oh, it's deep. Do you ever experience that? He goes, yeah, right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I got back to the youth room. I got back to the camp, and I was telling my youth leaders, man, it's like these kids don't listen. They get told clear directions, do this, don't do that. They get given the right tools, use this, don't do this with your tools. They don't listen. And one of my youth leaders goes, yeah, it sounds like you and God. (laughs) See, we learn God's patience in the testing of our own. See, we get clear instructions in the word. We get the clear gifts and tools and toys to, to, to go about our days and to be successful and to walk in God's plan. And yet we still choose to go right. And yet we still choose to go in the water, even though we were told not to. We choose to do all these things, but it's in God's patience that we learn through others, his love, his patience for us when we decide to fail. And I learned in that moment, this is exactly what God does with me when I'm over here trying to jump in the river, stay right and get rid of the gifts and tools that he's given me. We learn God's patience for us in the testing of others. If you're taking notes today, the title of my message is what to do while you wait. What to do while you wait. And I heard this one time and they said, God answers every prayer with these three things. Yes, no, and not yet. God answers every prayer with yes, no, and not yet. And it's in those not yet seasons where our patience is tested. It's in those not yet seasons uh, when, when, when we have to put faith in God that, that it'll soon come. And it's in those not yet seasons where we do the prep work and what to do while we're waiting. So that way when the fruit comes and the promise comes and those things come, the answers, the clarity, whatever we're praying on, when it comes, we're ready. I remember growing up, uh, when, I, when I gave my life to the Lord, I remember telling myself, I want to be hired at a church as a preacher. Now, preaching is a part of what pastors do. I didn't want to be a pastor. I don't want to work with people. I want the stage. I want the microphone. 
I want the lights. I want, I want the laughter and the amens. Like, that's what I wanted. My heart was not ready for my calling. And God said, no, you need to wait. You need to serve under this youth pastor about five, six years. Okay, five, six years go by. God, I'm ready. No, you need to wait. We're going to send you over here. You're going to go be a youth pastor. And you're going to learn a bunch of things that I'm going to use you for in a couple years that have nothing to do with youth ministry. And I'm like, okay, so go do that. I'm like, God, I'm ready. Full-time ministry, let's go. So, you know, actually, you're going to go with an incredible group of people and launch a church in Black Diamond, and you guys are going to love people, and also you're not going to get paid. You're going to have to work while you do it. See, I keep praying the same prayer, God, I'm ready, God, I'm ready, and yes, it's yes, no, and not yet, and in the not yet seasons is when my patience is tested. Point number one, what do we do in the waiting? We need to pray. <sighs> Pastor DJ, that was so profound. Thank you. Thank you. That's so good. Thank you. I never thought of that one. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in our confident hope and be patient in trouble and keep on praying. It's okay to pray patience in your own life. It's okay when you're stressed out and impatient and frustrated. You say, God, I need patience right now. I need to see your love. God, I need patience right now as I'm getting tested. God, I need patience. It's, it, some of us, we, we get so impatient, we forget that we can just pray for patience. And don't just pray in the patient seasons. Pray for patience. But here's this. Praying does not stop at the miracle. Some of us, we pray when things get hard, but when things are going our way, we're like, hey, Look what I did. No, no, no. God did that. And praying doesn't stop in the miracle. Here's another thing we need to do. We need to praise. And I want you to hear me. It's okay to praise God when you don't see anything happening. I don't know. I don't know if you heard me. Uh, it's okay to praise God when nothing is happening. Say it one more time. Three is a good number, Russell Wilson. This section right here. It's okay to praise God when nothing is happening. And the reason why I put the air quotes is because though we don't see it, God is always working. And sometimes we're like, okay, praise God, my child came to the Lord. Come on, things are good. Praise God, I got that raise. Praise God, I got that, uh, that new job I've been praying for. Praise God, I got the results from the doctor that we are praying for. It's easy to praise when you see the fruit, but it's okay to praise when nothing is happening. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. It's okay to praise when you don't see it. God, thank you. I know my prayers haven't been answered, and I'm in a waiting season, but I just thank you for life today. I thank you that my heart's still beating. I thank you that, that you put people in my life. It is okay to praise when you feel like nothing is happening because God is always working, always moving, and we may not see it, but the fruit is coming. Amen? Another thing, what to do while you wait. We need to plant. Pray. Praise, plant. James 5, 7 says, Meanwhile, friends, wait patiently for the master's arrival. You see, farmers do this all the time 
waiting for their valuable crops to mature, patiently, said it twice, letting the rain do its slow but sure work. Be patient like that. Stay steady and strong, and the master can arrive at any time. In third grade, we had a project where we got a little planter box like that. We had to fill it with soil, and we got to choose our seed, and you put the seed in the dirt, and every day you'd get to school, and the first thing you had to do was go and water your soil, and you could see the bottom when the roots were kind of moving in the dirt, and then all of a sudden this little leaf would pop out. It's like an amazing moment. It's like the best thing for a third grader. Like, yeah, I planted something. In this season of waiting, are you preparing? Are you planting or are you pouting? See, God said not yet to, in your prayers or not yet in the things that you're looking for clarity for, things in your life. But are you planting and getting ready for the blessing or are you pouting? Are you Veruca? God, I want it now. It's not fair. Or are you taking time to slowly get ready because when that blessing comes and when that answer comes and when things come in your life and things begin to process and your season of waiting is coming to an end, are you ready? Were you planting the whole time? Were you preparing the whole time? And were you getting it ready for growth? See, in these seasons of waiting, we need to be planting, not pouting. When that harvest comes, I know that in the preparation in the daily work and reading my word and, and praying every day and doing life with people, joining a life group, starting a life group and doing these things, I was getting ready for my growth season because I didn't sit around and pout. I got up and planted every single day. Another thing in the patient season, what to do while you're waiting is, is knowing that God puts people in your life. Now there's three types of people as the band comes up There's three types of people that God puts in your life in your patient season and when you're waiting. Uh, The first one is ones who teach you patience. The second one is those who support you in your patient and waiting seasons. And the third one is the ones who inspire you. At camp, uh, some of the girls asked me, what's that like being a dad? And I think they were looking for a yes or no question, and I just got, like, really deep and spiritual with them. I'm like, well, actually... It's very hard. And I said, my first son, Gavin, he's my stepson. He's our firstborn. He's our oldest. He actually taught me how not to be selfish and how to share. See, I met my wife when she was pregnant with our oldest son, and I had never been in a relationship where I had to share with someone else. So he taught me how to share and to be sacrificial and not just think about myself but think about others even moving into marriage and starting a family together, it was never the two of us. It was always the three of us. My daughter, Gabriella, she taught me how to love. Now, I knew how to love before. I loved Rachel. I loved Gavin. But when you watch someone, another human being, bring life into the world, it's a different experience. It's, it's a loving experience. And then I see this little alien baby who looks just like me, beautifully, amazingly structured like her father, I'm kidding. She does look like me. Poor girl. Anyways, seeing that taught me real love. And then Giorgio, our youngest, he's taught me patience. He's three years old and he can't talk. 
And if I want to have a conversation with my son, I have to slow down and hear every vowel, letter, or noise that comes out of his mouth just to have a conversation with my son. He's taught me patience to slow down and listen to everything coming out of his mouth so I can hear what he's trying to voice to his father. See, God puts people in your life that helps you grow and learn patience. And for me, that's my son, Giorgio. God also puts people in your life that support you in your waiting seasons. Like I've mentioned before, my car got stolen last week. And um, people in our church who like, we're church friends, okay? Here's what I mean by that. This sounds really bad when I say that, but we say hi on Sundays, okay? Like we don't know each other, but it's like, hey, hey, how's your week? Good, good, good. Did you have coffee? Yeah, okay, I see you in there, right? Or we're Facebook friends and people were sharing my post about my car being stolen. And they're like, my pastor's car was stolen. If you see anything, let me know. I'll run up on them. Like it was like real support, love. Our youth group started to go fund me for my wife and I. And it was like, just like to me, like, it's like, I love it. It was supportive, but like, I know people got me. And I'm waiting for my car to just magically reappear. I know that God put people in my life for this season. And the last kind of people that God puts in your life in the season of waiting is people to inspire you. People who maybe have already made it or who can give you knowledge or encourage you in a season while you wait for your growth. But this can get dangerous. Because though God has you plant in the season of waiting, and though God puts people in your life, perspective is everything. See, some of us, we have these people in our life and we want this one day, but we get bitter. Why do they get that, God? God, I've been praying for this for 10 years. Why do they get that? God, we, God we've been trying to have a baby. Why, why do they get that? Why do they get that job? Why do they get the thing I've been praying for? See, if your perspective is off, so is your heart. And you miss the whole point of what following Jesus is. Love your Lord with all your heart and love others as you love yourself. And if you're wishing and bitter at what someone else has, there's no faith in your planting season. And there's no loving the person who's next to you. Perspective is everything. Your time will come. Your roots are just getting settled. Your time will come. Your prayers are heard. But God said, not yet. Perspective is everything. Is there people in your life that, that can hold you accountable, that can pastor you, that can lead you, that you can look and say, I want to be there one day, and I'm not there yet, but I'm going to plant in the season, and I'm going to get close to these people in my life, and I'm going to be encouraged and blessed by them. I don't want to be bitter. There was a youth conference that our youth ministry went to this last week, and I was there. I was like, if I had the budget, if we had the building, and I just remember I'm robbing my own experience of spending time with God because I'm focused on what I don't have. When I should know that God is planting roots in my plant and that our fruit is coming and in due time, it'll be there. Am I going to be encouraged? Is my perspective on myself or is it on the mission of God to love him and trust him and love his people? Perspective is everything. Another thing that comes in, in, in the season of waiting is pain. Oh, thank you, Pastor DJ. Encouraging. It happens. Pain comes. We take losses. 
cars get stolen, budgets get cut, COVID happened, furloughed, all these things, pain happens. But in pain, pain with patience also comes purpose. Listen to this. This is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. Listen to this. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure in many trials for a little while. The message version says, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation floating in the river with junior hires. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus is revealed to the world. Be glad for your time is coming. Be glad that these, the trials have caused pain, but there was purpose for this. That doctor result, that raise, the clarity, that relationship, that purpose and promise from God, that change, that family member, the healing, the forgiveness, all of that is coming in due time. But God is saying pray, praise, plant, get around people. For though I know there's pain, but there's also a purpose in this. Last Sunday, one of my youth students asked me about my car. And she said, are you not mad? Yeah, I'm mad. Matter of fact, I'm frustrated. I just bought that car this year. I feel violated that someone will come to my home with my family inside of it and take my car. Yeah, I'm mad. God knows I'm mad. I had some colorful prayers this week. I'm stressed out. I have to wait. I have a job to get to. I got things to do. Yeah, I'm mad, but I've been here before. And God's gotten me out of it every single time. I've been in pain, but there was purpose waiting at the end of it. I've been hurt. I've been stressed out. I've been facing these things, but I know my God is enough. Always now, always then, and always forever. My God is enough. So while I wait, and while you wait, can we pray? Can we praise? Can we plant and take care of our daily devotions and take care of these things and our daily stuff? Can we plant? Can we get around people? And can we understand and have enough faith to know that with pain also comes purpose? Church, will you stand with me? Truly be glad that there's wonderful joy ahead. My prayer is that in this season of waiting, we take this list and apply it to these things in our life that we're waiting on. Let us be glad that that time is coming. Let us be patient on God who is working even though we don't see it. It's coming. That result is coming. With heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning, and you say, Pastor DJ, that's me. I need to be more patient. I need to trust God more. And remember that he's always working, even though I don't see it. 
If that's you today, will you raise your hand and say, I'm choosing patience. I'm going into my week. I'm choosing patience. I'm putting faith first and I'm choosing patience. Come on, hands all across the room. Amen. Second thing we're going to respond to this morning is if maybe, maybe you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe that seems foreign to you. Maybe you've been close with God, but you've drawn away or maybe walked away from your faith. Today you're saying, I want a fresh start with God. I want to surrender my life 100% to Jesus. Will you raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. You're saying, I want to surrender completely and give my life to Jesus. I want a fresh start with God. Amen. Will you pray with me, church? Heavenly Father, I pray right now. God, for those who are struggling with patience, those of us who have been pouting and not planning, those of us who, who haven't chose prayer and praise, God, in these moments, let us choose those. Let us be around people that encourage us and love us. And God, while there's pain, we also know that there's purpose. And Lord, we worship you this morning and we celebrate that today. God, we love you and we thank you in your name. Amen. Come on, let's worship.